0: on about five years ago, um, I guess a little over then, and then all my bosses started quitting, so then they just started promoting me, and then they promoted me into the office, um, which was a a difficult transition for me, because um, I'm not a very good, I don't communicate very well in, like, the written text or anything, and, uh, you know, I'm trying to convince them to spend, like, $15,000 with us or something, so I better know how to use a comma, you know what I'm saying, like, like, like they're just they're gonna be like man you're an idiot and I'm like I am but give me your money anyway and and so it's been a really difficult transition um I've worked really hard at it and now I'm actually decent at it um and one of the things that I have to do primarily is um sending out quotes you know the client calls me up to say hey I want everything for free I tell them no and then I send them a quote and then say give me all your money and I've gotten pretty good at it I, I make it a, a a, a chore of mine to do it as quickly And as efficiently as possible Because I'd ra- if I've got to do 20 in a day I'd rather it take me an hour instead of 20 hours um, So now I know all the right questions to ask I know what I can guarantee I can, you know, get a quote up In about like 5 minutes It's actually pretty cool But what ends up happening every once in a while is, You know, the client says Hey, we're going to do an event at the, at the uh, convention center in Anaheim Okay, no problem I know that place It's miserable there um, But Okay, cool, yeah, we can do that. And then I call the, my crew, I sent them out there, you know, say, hey, how's, how, how's the job going? They're so like, did you know it was on a roof? No, I didn't know it's on a roof. Now, now again, this outside, what we would call a nice breeze, is like a sail. And then they might have, I don't know, guaranteed like 20 foot tall. It's like, that's not going to happen outside on a roof at the convention center. Now, my crew then has to say, yeah, we didn't know it was on a roof. And they're like, well, I told Nate. Yeah, Nate's an idiot. Yeah, but this is still we've guaranteed, you know. And, and I've gotten so good at my job that I forget to listen. I forget to, why, why would I miss such a big thing like it's on a roof, right? And it's because I wasn't listening. Because I'm so, I, I know how to do what I do, so I don't listen. Um, with Casey and I, my wife, for those of you that don't know, when we first got married, basically our budget for breakfast was toast and coffee. And so every time she would, she would make us both toast, there was like one perfectly golden brown one that's perfect for spreading butter and one burnt one. Okay. And I know what the Bible says. It says that a man's supposed to lay down his life for his spouse. So I take the burnt toast. is just I just know that. That's just, you know, food for thought. You just take the burnt toast, guys. Like, this is just nothing. It's just what you do. And then Casey goes, why do you always take my toast? You know, like like yesterday or something, right? And I'm like, excuse me? Why do you always take the burnt? No, why do you always take the good piece? You have the good piece. She goes, no, I, I like it burnt. And even now, I'm just like, are you sure you like it like this? She, uh, she's like, yes. And it's like, that's charcoal that used to be bread. Yes, it's tasty. And I, I know what God expects from me from my marriage. And when I don't listen to my wife, I'm going to do it wrong. And I look at my hobby. I play music. I've been in like doing music since I was like in second grade. It's in children's choir, even though I sing really poorly now. Um... And play guitar and all this stuff. And I spend a lot of time working on my tone, my timing, um, you know, all the the intricacies that go in with it, countless hours. And I'm just mediocre. Um, But if I got into a situation, you know, playing with a group of musicians and I wasn't listening to what was going on, then what's going to happen? I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to be in the wrong key. I'm going to be... You know, playing while someone else is soloing. I'm going to be too loud, too quiet, something, right? Because when we don't listen, we do the things we know how to do wrong. Now, I'm sure we've all been there. We all know how to get to to the beach from here. You go down beach, right? You just (laughs) towards the beach. That's just what happens. But but someone's going to say, "Hey, there's construction on beach." You're like, "I know how to get to the beach. I'm from Southern California, right?" This is what we do. You're like, "No, there." You should go down Brookhurst. I know how to get there. Like, I don't need to listen to this. I I know how to do what I do. And the scary thing is, is that this has crept its way into into our belief system, into our religion, into our relationship, our way of life, whatever you want to call it. Because we know we're supposed to read the Bible. We know we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to serve. We know what we're supposed to do. So then sometimes we forget to listen to how God would have us do those things. And, and that, that the scripture in, in Psalms, David is, is, has kind of come through this and, and um, achieved how he's supposed to. And, and he kind of speaks some insight into it. Um, in Psalm 46, not 46, but 40 colon 6. Sacrifice and offerings you did not desire, but my ears you have opened. Um, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not require. See, he, he, God's speaking to his people and, and, and they know about the sin offerings and the burnt offerings and the different sacrifices. Like, like David's like, hey, I know how to do church. I, I get it. But, the, but the, the verse in the middle says, uh, uh, but my ears you have opened. In the Hebrew, the better translation or the better image that he's trying to get across there is, but my ears you have dug out for me. The, the, the picture would be that you have this face, right, with, like, eyes, a nose, a mouth, and, like, a solidness where the ears should be. And, and he's saying, in order for us to do this thing we call life correctly, we need to allow God to dig out our ears. And we have our ears clogged for all different reasons. Um, you ever been at work and you're like, I have, like, 5,000 orders to go out. And God's like, but, but I'm trying to talk to you. You're like, yeah, but this is kind of all that's important to me right now. Or, you know, the news is saying such and such, and you're like, oh my gosh, the world's going to end. And God's like, hey, let me speak. You're like, but the stock market or... God's like, hey, let me speak. And, and 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 our world is just too loud. And there's a truth about God that he speaks quietly. He's like a still, small voice. And... And he's too great to compete with that world It it, it would be like if you're a pro basketball player And you're talking to a friend of yours Who is probably a pro basketball player Because they're all friends And they're like, so my kid kid could school you And he's like, he's seven Yeah, but he can sort of make it on a shorter rim But but I'm Dwight Howard, right? You're like, I'm the Superman, I'm Giant I want to be Dwight Howard, by the way he, he's not going to play that kid one-on-one, it is, right? Because he's seven years old and, and can barely shoot the ball. And that's how all our circumstances are to God. He's like, I won't compete with that. And there's this awesome verse that says, uh, or a quote that says, God won't raise his voice so quiet your world. Like, God won't compete with that. Like, we, we need to say, God, come dig out my ears. What do you have for me? L- let, me hear, let me hear your voice let me let me quiet what's going down here i just want to hear only you and maybe that's where a lot of us are going man i i just wish god would tell me where my where my life's supposed to go i just i just wish i knew what god's call on my life was i wish i knew if there was a god if he would please just tell me or something and 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 our, and what we need to start is just quieting our world and maybe some of us are actually like no i've quieted my world I, I just don't feel like God speaks very clearly or something like that. And that's where we get to Jonah. Because Jonah has had his ears dug out. He can hear from God. God speaks very clearly to him. He actually starts out speaking way too clearly. Actually, something that we would hope for. Uh, It says, the word of the Lord came to uh, Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Why? Because its wickedness has come up before me. Some of us would kill for God to, to speak to us that clearly, but I think he frowns upon that. So maybe not kill, but maybe just like maim or something. Like, like like if God would just speak that clearly to me, oh gosh, of, of course I would follow through. Right? He, he, he straight up says, hey, go to Nineveh. It's a real place. It's a real city. Like, like go. This, this place actually exists. And for us, sometimes it's like, God, where would you have me go? And he's like, go to Nineveh. you're like, is that Nineveh? Nineveh." Right, right. God speaks clearly. He says, hey, go to Nineveh. And there's a comma, and it says, why, Why? because its wickedness has come before me. Wouldn't we die for God to speak that clearly? Tell us why he wants us to do what he wants us to do. And I would almost argue that, well, if God was going to speak that clearly, then surely, of course, I would go there. And sadly, that's not true. I, there's t- tons of times where God's like, "Go to Nineveh," and I'm like, "Um, where does it keep on going?" It says, "But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish." He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship uh, board, uh, bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Like, okay, so God clearly tells him where to go and why to go there, and he goes, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." I'm going to Tarshish, which is much more difficult to say. And I'm going there. I'm going to pay my own money. I'm going to use my own resources. I'm going to do what I do where I want to do it. And God's like, really? And hopefully we're thinking like, Jonah, where's that boat going? Like, what on earth are you doing? The scary thing is that happens to us all the time. So you guys should have gotten a little thing that that has a little space. Where's that boat going? Put your name in there, and and put it somewhere where you can remember. Because I often ask myself, I often often have to ask myself, Nate, where's that boat going? Right? Has has God called me to Nineveh? But but I would actually rather go to Tarshish because it's nice this time of year, or something like like. Where, where, where has God called me? And, and can I take a step back and say, all right, I've dug out my ears. I've let you, I've let you speak. And where, where, where am I going? Now, here's a bummer. Is that, I guess it's not a bummer because, I don't know. So, so Jonah is on this boat, right? And God's like, hey, dummy. Like, storm. So then there's like the storm going on. And everyone on the boat's like, why don't you pray to your own God so that we can, we've, we've, we've surely irritated some God somewhere. So everyone pray to your own God. Let's, let's figure this all out. They go down to the bottom of the boat, and Jonah's sleeping. And they're like, hey, why aren't you pulling your weight and praying to whatever God you believe in? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is all my fault, because I'm trying to run away from God. And, they're like, and he's like, why don't you throw me overboard? And they're like, we can't do that. Skip a couple verses. They throw him overboard. <laughs> and, and it stops. And then this is the verse that most of us probably know or are aware of. It says, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Right? Like, that's miserable. I don't want to be thrown overboard. I don't want the storms. I don't want a giant fish. Like, like that's not what I want. And I'm not a superstitious kind of guy. I, I, I don't necessarily believe that if you do good things, then God's going to bless you, and if you do bad things, then God's going to curse you. I think there's biblical truths of you reap what you sow. You know, if you're a jerk, then people tend to be jerks back. And if you're kind, people tend to be kind back. Not always, but you know, you're a nice guy. Everyone likes a nice guy, right? (laughs) Thank you. But in this particular case, God called Jonah to Nineveh. And God wanted Jonah in Nineveh. Jonah says, no, thank you, God. I'm going to run from you, which doesn't make any sense because it's God, right? So he gets on a boat. God's like, all right, storm. We're going to throw you overboard, swallow you by fish. And by the way, that fish is then going to vomit you up onto the shore of Nineveh where I called you in the first place. Like, wouldn't it just be easier just to go to Nineveh? But that's, that's our life all the time, right? We're like, God's like, hey, I want you to do such and such. And we're like, nah, I don't know about that. I'm going to go here. And God's like, well, right? And then you're like over here. And you're like, well, yeah, I probably should have just gone over here in the first place. Like, like, wouldn't it have just been better just to forgive the person the first time? Yeah, probably. So this comes back to like how we do our belief system, how, how we do it. We know what we're supposed to do. We know we're supposed to, you know, read the Bible, all these different kind of things. But, but we need to do it in a way that's different. We need to do it where we're listening to God. So the first thing we need to do is we need to read scripture with our ears. See, words have always been audible before they were written. Um, like that's kind of one of the signs of a of a of a mature culture, is that we have the written language. So before that, it's it's only it's only audible. Even when we come back to the beginning of the earth, God speaks it into creation. Like like, like words were always first spoken. And then It's awesome that we all have, you know, Bibles in our chairs in front of us. You can have it on your phone, on your computer, on your iPad, whatever. Like, like, it's just so accessible to us now, but that's not how it has always been. Like, God's Word used to be His his, his Word, like Him speaking. And we might need to reconnect with that idea when we read our Bibles, that God is actually speaking to us. Not reading the, the Bible saying oh yeah, so-and-so needs to hear this. And you like, come and like slam someone like, the Bible says you're, you know, maybe, maybe God's trying to speak to you. And I'm guilty of this a lot of times. I'm like, I've got to teach on Sunday? What should I teach on? And God's like, hey, dummy, I'm trying to speak to you. Don't use this as, you know, points, like, like looking for this like, like good quip or this idea, but maybe God is trying to speak to me through Scripture. And maybe as I allow him to dig out my ears, I will be able to hear him through the scriptures. We know we're supposed to pray, but now we need to pray with our ears. We need to be listening for God's direction, right? We go, God, where would you have me go? Are you calling me to Nineveh? Amen. God's like, oh, okay. And I think it comes back to, he's not going to raise his voice we're just going to miss out. We're just going to be in the wrong places. We're going to be headed to tar- towards Tarshish when he's like, hey, I've got you in Nineveh. Like, this is where I want you. Like, why aren't you listening? And and it's so hard because we know that prayer is the time when we're supposed to talk, right? We have not because we ask not, and we, we know that we're not supposed to be anxious about anything but by prayer, let your request be known to God. Like, th- these are biblical truths, and that's the easy part is actually the talking, but the being there and being quiet and saying, God, speak. And just being quiet and letting him, letting him speak, giving him that time. And I think if we do that, our prayer life will, will, will really start to change. Because when we do that, we're allowing him to dig out our ears, get all that crud out of there. And then um, then we know we're supposed to serve, but where? So we need to serve with our ears. Um, this one's the hard one. Because we know we're supposed to serve and 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 maybe uh we we've we've prayed and 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 we've we've tried to listen and and we haven't ever gotten a clear we, we don't really know where God's calling us, and I think a lot of times the reason that that's the case is because we have this big grandiose idea of what service looks like um I remember when when Hurricane Katrina happened, there was a story of this uh this guy who dropped out of college and went and and helped you know fix everything. And and the quote he said was, said, I'm a Christian before I'm a student. I'm like, that's, that's pretty cool. Like, I'm down with that. But I think a lot of us have this idea that if God would just call me to this, to this big thing, then I would quit my job and go do such and such. Or I would, I would drop out of school and go do such and such to help people because I, I really do want to help. I really do want to be in God's plan. But Hurricane Katrina came and went and most of us didn't quit our jobs or drop out of school and go down there. I th- that that's I didn't either so I'm not like judging anybody. What I'm saying is maybe we need to change our perspective of what big is. One of the reasons we're going to have John do the thing is because we think of children's ministry as like like babysitting or something. And we're like it's just children, right? They're they're just they're just kids or something. And God's like no. Children are, are primed and ready for, for, to hear the gospel. They're, 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 they're soaking in what, what all this is, and, and we get to be the people to tell them, "Hey, the God of the universe loves you. Hey, the God of the universe wants a relationship with you." Like, that's not small. That's huge. And you might be in Jonah's shoes, and you're like, "But, but, but, babies poop. I'm not, I'm not down with poop, right?" And God's like, you don't even get it. Don't even try to go to Tarshish or Fish, right? Or, and the same reason we had Kip is, is just to share what's going on in youth ministry. It's awesome. It's really sad to say, but that next generation's parents aren't really that active. And when they are active, they're not really. be better if they weren't active, maybe. And we get to go and do youth ministry and, and be that to them. Be that father or motherly figure that, that, that they're missing out on. And we might go, yeah, I hated high school. People made fun of me. I was in the flock of seagulls. Like, like everything about high school was just miserable. Yeah. I'm going to go start a Bible study at my work. Now, that's cool. Starting Bible study at your er, work is cool if that's where God's calling you. If not, that's Tarshish, and God might be calling you to youth ministry. Now, please don't, here, in order to, to serve with your ears, you have to go to youth ministry, or children's ministry. The only reason I bring them up is because they're easy. Because a lot of times we have this idea, you know, I, I want, I want to witness to, to homeless people, but we don't know how. And, and if, if I were to say, well, in order to do that, you need to go start a ministry, go start a business, go do this, go do this. You might say, oh yeah, I'm not going to do that. But if I were to say, hey, there's a, there's a shelter down here that, could use your help on Wednesday nights. He'd be like, I could do that. Same thing, we already have the ministries running. So if that resonates with you, if, if, if telling children about Jesus resonates with you, then do it. If it doesn't, if God's not calling you there, then don't. Because we need to serve with our ears because the last thing we want to do is end up on a boat headed towards Tarshish when God's called us in Nineveh. And as I said before, so, so there's the story of, 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 of Jonah, and then there's a story of Peter. And Peter gets a bum rap a lot of times. Um, and we expect that we would do things differently. Like Peter, right, he jumps out of the boat and walks on water. And then falls through the water. And we're like, what an idiot. He shouldn't have lacked faith. Come on, right? If you, if you were walking on water, you'd be like, I think I'm dead because this, this doesn't happen. And then as soon as you say this doesn't happen, apparently that's lacking faith. And there you go, right? So... When Peter was called by Jesus, he was fishing. He was in his vocation. He was doing what he did. And Jesus goes, Hey, I'm going to make you fishers of men. It goes, cool. So he goes on a three-year journey where he sees Jesus do crazy, miraculous things, the feeding of the 5,000, um, you know, uh, demons were rebuked in his name, um, seeing all this stuff, just, just great, great things. And then Jesus dies. Like, this resonates with me so well, because when I was in high school, then in high school, I was like, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. I'm supposed to be in this punk rock band, preach the gospel, and marry the girl I was with. Eh, three months later, no band, no girl. I'm like, God, but I was going to be a rock star in your name, right? And he's like, no, that's not what I have for you. All right, then I'm just going to go back to doing what I was doing. And that, that's where Peter is. So he goes back to fishing. He's like, all right, Jesus is gone. That was cool while it lasted. Saw some pretty cool things. Going to go back to fishing. So this is where Jesus enters. It says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you uh, any fish? No, they answered. That's cold. Fishing's miserable. It's like doing nothing but expecting something to happen. Have you ever done it where you're just like watching the, the you're just like, you, Paul, you move now. If you don't move, I'm just going to sit here. It was like, it, it's, at least when I'm watching baseball, I know nothing's going to happen, so then it's cool. But, but fishing, like, Jesus, really? So, so I don't know, that's just, that's just jacked up. He said, throw your nets on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. I'd be like, all right, crazy. They did it, which is pretty cool. When they did, they were unable to haul in the net because a large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, which he had taken off, because apparently you fish without your shirt on, and jumped into the water. See, that's the picture that we want. We want, we see Jesus, we see where he's at, we go that direction. Not, oh, Nineveh, oh, Tarshish. No, we want to be where Jesus is. And here's the cool thing. This is probably my favorite part of the whole uh, story. It says, The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the, uh, the net full of fish. Uh, they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. A hundred yards is far. There's no way I'm swimming a hundred yards, right? Especially, like, you would think you'd take off more clothes. Have you ever tried to swim in jeans? It's like, you drown. So, so Peter sees Jesus, and he says, I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's gonna stop me. I'm going. Hundred yards. Hundred yards is nothing. He's like uh, unashamed, unabashed, just going where Jesus is because that's that's the model that we're supposed to follow. Not Jonah's. Jonah's is lame. You get the fish and the storm and the throwing overboard and then he complains at the end and then God gives him like a like a leaf and this bug eats it and he's all he's just a whiner. Right? That's not where we want to be. We want to be where, where Peter is. Where he's like, 100 yards swim? I could do that. That's nothing. And the great thing about this story is that, um, you know, they get there, they get all the fish in, they, you know, do their salmon rolls and they do their, their sushi and stuff or something. I think that's how it goes. But they're, they're eating their fish and Peter says, to, or, or Jesus says to Peter, Hey, hey Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, yeah, I love you. And Jesus is like, no, no, Peter, do you love me? And he's like, I love you. Jesus is like, no, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes, I love you. And the thing that's so unique about that story is before Jesus is, you know, killed and betrayed and the whole thing, Peter makes a pretty out, outstanding claim and says, I will never, you know, deny your name. And Jesus is like, actually, he'll deny me before the rooster crows, or cause, or... I messed up on the last time, too. Before the rooster makes a noise, it goes caw or whatever, right? Like, like, you're, you're gonna deny me three times. And Peter's like, no, I'm not. And then he forgot that Jesus is always right, so of course he did. So he had that time of denial, that time where he was, like, not where Jesus would have him, right? The denying part, that's not where we want to be. So when we unashamedly you swim that hundred yards, just go for it, just going for Jesus, fixing your eyes on Jesus, like it says um, in Hebrews, just, just, just going. A, we're where Jesus wants us, we're with him. And B, he, he's able to say, yeah, now you're restored. There's no more, yeah, who cares about all that stuff? We, we blot that out. Now you're here with me? Cool, let's move forward. Let's, let's go on. We're, we're, we're redeemed when we get there. Jonah's story is lame, right? That's not, that's not what I want. I, I want to be where Jesus has me. And as, as the worship team returns, think about this. Man, wouldn't it be cool if, that, if, if, if Peter's story was my story? If when someone said, hey, Nate, where's your boat going? I was like, actually, I've jumped out of the boat. I, I, I've headed towards Jesus. Like, I'm right where he has me. Like, like that's the people we want to be. We want to be people who are marked by listening to God, knowing where he has us. Um, yeah, that, that, That's who we want to be. And I think we could do awesome life change in our com- community, in our own personal lives. If, if we were just... In step and jumping on board with what he has. No fish, no throwing overboard, just a 100 yard swim. <laughs>